Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the podcast. Men, once again, I want to thank you for checking out today's show. When you get the opportunity, not right now because you're listening to the podcast, but when you get an opportunity, make sure you visit the Pursuit of manliness.com. You can find this podcast episode, the whole previous catalog of podcast episodes. You can read the most recent blog post, sign up for the email newsletter. You can see the suggested reading tab, see what's available in the gear store and more. Just gives you a better idea of what the pursuit of manliness is all about. On Fridays, we walk through scripture, call it out in the garage. And uh, because this whole thing really started out in the garage, walking through the Bible, trying to equip, let me back up, trying to equip myself with the word, growing the word, and in return, hopefully equipping a few other guys along the way. And uh, we do this on Fridays. We just walk through scripture. Today, we, we are in Numbers 12. So if you want to turn there, not while you're driving, hopefully, but if you want to turn there, Numbers 12 is where we're going to be at. As you know, I don't read it to you. I just kind of jump through some things and highlight some points that stand out to me and some things we should consider. Uh, with that in mind, you should also consider visiting Darkwater Woodwork, uh, darkwaterkc.com. If you put in the code NUMBERS12 this week, so between now and next Friday, NUMBERS, all capital letters, the number 12 next to that, uh, you'll save 15% off of your order when you purchase the Out in the Garage Beard Bundle. So that is the beard balm, the beard oil. It's got a little, some coffee beans in it. Uh, it is a really, uh, I don't even know what, just fine smelling beard oil, beard balm. And you want to do that. Check out what else, everything else Doug's got going on there. A um, couple things I want to highlight before I get into this while you're putting in your code at darkwaterkc.com. Um one, we, this is, I'm recording this on August 10th. I just realized this, um, Thursday, August 10th. So you're going to get this on Friday, August 11th. How about that? Friday, August 11th. Okay. August 10th. That means we are exactly one month away from the registration closing for the men's retreat. And I know some of you guys, you don't pay attention to announcements or postings or whatever. And you'll send me a thing saying, I don't know how I missed it. And the other guys are like, we are so sick of hearing about it. And I'll think I'm so sick of talking about it, but I, I want to, I don't want you to miss it. If you want to be there, if you don't, if you can't, Totally, totally understand. But those guys who are kind of on the fence who don't have the courage yet to ask their wife if they can go. Yeah, I know who you are. Um, and Thursday, August tenth, where we're at. So we got a we got a month left in this registration. I just looked. Let me click on it here because the full transparency. At the time of talking right now, we can take thirty eight spots before we hit our mat. Thirty eight spots. So if that's you, if there's thirty eight guys, um, that's it. If thirty eight guys sign up. Uh, on Thursday, August 10th, by the time you get this, th there won't be a link. I think there'll be a link. I think we'll be right there. You know, who knows? I'll tell you what, we were fairly low up until a few weeks ago, and the Lord just brings people. He's done this in tribe. He's done this in the herd. He, I mean, guys, I, I don't know where you come from. And, and I talk about the divine thread. That's not spiritual talk. Okay, it's not just some kind of church talk or whatever. The divine thread is Jesus. And I just think there's a lot of guys out there who are trying to follow Jesus who want to follow Jesus, who know he is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to God the Father except through him. I just think there's a lot of guys, probably a lot more than we realize, and I'm finding out there's a whole lot more globally than we realize, and that's just what unites us. I mean, we talk about guy stuff. We you know joke around, mess around. All the things that other guys talk about, we do, but we talk about it through the lens of, of Scripture 
particularly first and foremost. One last thing before I get into Numbers 12. Uh, yesterday, and all this is like breaking news as I sit here. Yesterday, uh, I changed the Facebook closed group name. It was called, hold on now, The Pursuit of Manliness. So our Facebook page name was called The Pursuit of Manliness. Everything else is called The Pursuit of Manliness, okay? I just felt like the Facebook group, and it's grown a pretty decent clip in the last couple of years. Uh, I just felt like it was just one more thing. It was just another thing. It was just kind of a back backstage type of thing, a little you know backyard deal. You know, here's the house, but we're in the backyard. And I I just been wrestling with like, what's the point of it? What's the point? Is the point of it just for me to every once in a while to get on and say, hey, don't share links and don't poach and don't. Oh, that's that's nauseating. Um, no. We want to have a point to it. So I changed it to the name to A Quiet Life Community. I was actually going to delete the current group, which was going to be quite a process, and start a brand new one and say, hey, guys, if you want to join me over there, this is what we're fixing on talking about, knowing that we would have less guys because some guys are like, I don't want to be in a quiet life community. I don't. Hey, I totally get it, but this is what we're doing. If you want to be in the group, this is what we're doing. And uh, you're welcome to make posts and start conversations and all those things. So, and hopefully you do. Um, so that's that's what we're doing. I'd love for you to check that out. If you are in the group and you're 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 wondering why the the name changed or whatever, um, there's a video where I, I try to explain it just a little bit. I have a post in there and I've changed a little bit of things. But I, I, you know, hey, yes, it's still for men. Yes, it's still about manliness and all those things. Uh, the quiet life is from First Thessalonians four eleven and twelve. Uh, it's my it's my life verse. Um, it's I, I got it that verse about everywhere, um, and I think it kind of uh, summarizes what the community of the pursuit of manliness is about. Now there are, there's other verses. Uh, you know we've used First Kings two two be strong and show yourself a man like we've done that or you know uh, we've used different verses. But to me, that one's deeply personal to me, and uh, I've come to find out in the last year whatever i don't know that it's it's personal to some of you guys as well so numbers 12 the title of my bible and i'm using the nasb right now the nasb i'm trying to read through this uh nasb in, in like i don't know eight nine months so i just sit down and read chunks of scripture at a time highlight it and i'd like to get through it probably by may so i got about a school year if you will so uh, i'm reading it might sound a little bit different uh, you know, again, read your own. I don't read a lot to you guys. Uh, it says, Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman who he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us as well? And the Lord heard it. The Lord heard it. Okay. Little context here, Miriam and Aaron, who are they? Where do they show up? How did they get there? He's just two rabble rousers in the back row rolling their eyes when the preacher makes his announcements or, you know, uses an illustration or something to that effect. Nope. Brother and sister, man. This is what you're rocking with here. We got Miriam and Aaron, brother and sister, relatives, if you will, of Moses, and they are grumbling. They are grumbling. They are protesting. They have a strong objection to Moses okay Aaron somehow joins in on the pro the the, uh, the protest with Miriam and uh, they're going to challenge him you know what it let's start with this if if you're in any form of leadership <clears throat> any form whether you're leading a team of three or 300 or 3,000 it, it does not matter 
there will be some jealousy. There's always someone who thinks they can do it a little bit better, thinks that you have oversight in some area. They think that you think that you're better than them. Uh, there will, that will, that is inevitable. And I think most people know that stepping into it, not to create paranoia, just to say, not everyone's going to greet you with a holy hug. Not everyone's going to give you a high five and a handshake. It's just the way it is. But you know, you're going to get criticism. You're going to get critique. You're going to get some pushback. You're going to have to be the bad guy. You know, if the buck stops with you, you're going to be the bad guy. Some people don't like where the buck stopped. That's just the way it is. Um, when I've had staff through the years, I'll tell them, Hey, if, if needed, and depending on the topic, you can blame me. I am okay with that. If someone comes to me and says, boy, I got a real problem with getting in line. There's probably other people who got a problem with that or something else. I've told that to my kids through the years. If you go to school, you go wherever you go and uh, you, you're in a situation where, um, you know, either I've asked you to do something or you, um, know you're in a situation that you should not be doing something or whatever. Blame me profusely. <clears throat> I can take it. I could care less what a group of high schoolers think about me. I, I could care less what, you know, I, I, I'm not in it. I'm not going running for prom king. That's over. Okay. So um, <laughs> this chapter is almost essentially a lesson on what not to do if you're the person that's being led by a specific person. We're all being led. We should be leading ourselves, but there's always somebody over us somewhere, right? So we have this sweeping accusation what's the accusation we got a problem with Moses wife what's what's so cutting about this one it's the wife that gets personal two it's a relative if you could get the fingerprints off of the knife that has been in your back you you will recognize the dna from people that are incredibly close to you if they could if they could sweep that knife to find out whose hand was on it before it went directly into your back you would say i know them i know them really well if they could get the fingerprints off the knife that's been in your chest now you probably say i've sat at a thanksgiving table with them i'm i got blood dna with them Listen, I've seen it time and time and time again that those related to you, for a lot of guys, that is your greatest obstacle. And that's not you being overly critical of you know, the in-laws, the outlaws, and that jargon. No, that's just the reality. Those closest to you can be the most cutting. I've seen it time and time again. I've seen scenarios where an individual has experienced that in their own life, and then they repeat that exact same recipe for the next generation. Now, you know you didn't like it in your experience, and yet you replicate it almost the exact blueprint in the next generation. Why, why on earth would we do that? Well, unfortunately, that's all we know. <clears throat> so we do it. You're going to get criticism, right? But when you get criticism from relatives, it does cut a little different. Now, here's the thing about relatives, and you see this with uh, Miriam and Aaron here. They go personal, and they go backwards. Did, did Moses just get married? I mean, was chapter 11 on his wedding ceremony? No. They're, going, they're swinging for something personal. This is what happens. 
you know how it is. Like, what you know, Jesus talked about a prophet is not without honor in their own. Like you know, like good luck going back to your hometown and being you know in ministry. We've had the opportunity through the years to possibly do that, and my wife and I are both like, no, I just don't think that's a good idea. People that knew you, like my wife grew up following Jesus. I grew up going to church. I wasn't following Jesus, so I made a lot of mistakes. I did a lot. I, I sinned a lot. I ran in the wrong crowds. For a long time, I did. So you go back, guess what? The wrong crowds are like, you're not that special. There's nothing great about it. I never said there was, but let me tell you, there is something special about Jesus. And those people that do that, they do not believe in redemption. They do not believe in forgiveness. Well, maybe for themselves, but not for you. Because they will always see you as that person. Moses didn't want this position of leadership. Moses wasn't asking to lead a nation across the desert floor for four decades. He wasn't doing that. But the longer this goes on, the more animosity, evidently, Miriam and Aaron demonstrate. Aaron has already been proven. You can't hack it if Moses goes away for a minute. You had the whole golden calf debacle and you had a kickball game and orgies break out. You're probably not the guy we want leading. Miriam, giving him a side eye here, says, I don't know why he's been doing this. I don't know why we're not doing this, right? So there's some hostility towards Moses. If you lead a church and someone has a problem with you, not that big of a deal. It can be. They can make a big stink. I've seen people make a big stink, okay? I shouldn't say it's not a big deal. But it's different than if you have relatives in your church and suddenly they have a problem with you and they start dogging you and they start Facebooking, you know, how bad of a leader, bad of a person and, oh, you think you're better than me and you... Welcome to the thorn in your flesh. (laughs) Welcome to it because I don't think you can take it out. Paul told us our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against spiritual forces of wickedness. However... It does often feel like the struggle is against flesh and blood. Our adversary, Satan, will use whoever and however he can to distract and destroy. And I'll tell you what, those related to you, it happens all the time. You're saying, Jerry, you talking about my story? I'm talking about so many stories. It happens all the time. Those closest to you, will cut the most, critique the most, run you down the most. It, it's, it, it happened. There's so many guys who would start a new venture. They would start a podcast. They would start a blog. They would start a business. They would you know, do something that would kind of put themselves out there to try something different, and they don't do it because of the feedback they would get from people that are related to them. I know it. I know it. And you're like, oh, I don't want to tell them. And then, the, then they'll think I'm, you know, boy, you're, and the, the, I hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. Those who are most critical, I use the phrase, sit at the Thanksgiving table. Those who are most critical are the people that are supposed to be closest to you and the most for you. Who say, I've seen you in good times and bad. I've seen you in the ups and downs. You've seen me in good times and bad. Let's be for each other and with each other. But that's not the way it is. Typically, those who are most critical of you, in some way, like Miriam and Aaron, 
are jealous of you or they're envious of you or they're angry that they can't manipulate you or put conditions on the relationship of you. They're, they're upset that they can't control your behavior or they're looking to get a response from you. Verse 4, suddenly the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, see, here's the thing. If you want to critique leadership, if you want to critique those who are related to you, the Lord always hears it. And they say, I'm not worried about that. Well, the Lord knows. And the Lord knows that you're this, that, or the other. Are, are we not forgiven by Jesus or not? Are we? Are we? Let's, should we live like it? No. The Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, you three come out of the tent meeting. So the three of them came out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the doorway of the tent. You have a, you have a feeling that God said, I'm about to wipe you out. He came and stood at the doorway of the tent, and he called Aaron and Miriam. And when they had come forward, he said, come here. Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, shall make myself known to him in a vision. I shall speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my household. With him I speak mouth to mouth, even openly and not in dark sayings. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Let me just say, Moses must have been a heck of a dude. Because nobody else gets this treatment. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant and against Moses? Yikes. If you have any fear of the Lord, that verse right there, that, that let me let me get back to that real quick. Uh, what is that? What number would that be? That would be the second part of verse 8. We're in chapter 12. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant, against Moses? Let me tell you, if you have any fear of the Lord at all, you might want to consider that verse and repent. Because I've I've dogged people in leadership. I've dogged people in authority. I've dogged coaches, teachers, whatever, elders, uh, pastors, whatever. <clears throat> Man, I don't know why they're doing that. I understand that. I don't know. If you have any fear of the Lord at all, it would be wise to repent. So the anger of the Lord burned against them, and he departed. Hmm. God's got an angry walkout. Not necessarily. Uh, Miriam is about to be, uh, as Isaiah 118 would reference, white as snow. Though our skins are like sins are like scarlet, they shall become white as snow. Remember when uh no, let's not get to that yet. You remember Miriam put suddenly Miriam breaks out in leprosy. It's a big deal. Leprosy was a big, big deal. And Aaron said to Moses, oh, Lord, I beg you. Oh, my Lord. Now what? Now he's got some respect. I beg you. Do not account this sin to us, which we have acted foolishly. We have sinned. Do not let her be like one of the dead, whose flesh is half eaten away. And he, when he comes from his mother's womb, Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, oh, God, heal her, I pray. I mean, what a guy. What a guy. I think I'd be like, you know what? I am uh, I'm supposed to leave town real quick. I'll be back about three days. Nope, Moses begins to pray. What happens to Miriam? Leprosy. Find this interesting because for a couple different reasons. One would be, uh, remember in Exodus 4 when Moses puts his hand in his, what's he call that, a robe, a cloak, whatever. He pulls it out. What happened? Leprosy. Puts it back in. Good. All healed. What was God doing during that time? Was he just showing him a little show and tell? He was showing him, you're my guy. You're the guy I'm going to use. Right. Also, just as another note, suddenly, suddenly Miriam 
is really pale. Like she just bathed in sunscreen. If his wife is from where we believe she is, or where's she at? Um, a Kushite woman. She's probably got really dark skin. Miriam does not. And she's now leprous. Skin disease. Miserable. No problem critiquing Moses. God shows up, says, I'm about to show you two what's really going on. Why did, why did Miriam get it and Aaron didn't? Well, I think there's a couple reasons. One, and I'm just you know, I'm shooting from the hip here. One would be uh, Aaron's role for the nation of Israel. I, I mean, not that he's got immunity, but uh, we got that. I'm wondering if um, Miriam wasn't the ringleader here. We have learned from Aaron, he ain't as bad as he thinks he is. He's all talk. He doesn't lead. Remember when he got confronted about the golden calf? He, <laughs> I just threw it in, and man, this thing just shaped itself. It's unbelievable what happened here. Yeah. Again, God's saying, is that a leader you'd want to follow? When he's confronted, he lies. When he's confront, when he's when he's here, he's gonna, you know, what was he gonna run behind his sister? What, what what's going on here, right? So, Miriam was shut up outside the camp for seven days, and the people did not move until Miriam was received again. Afterward, the people moved from Hazaroth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. God said, "Seriously, don't 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 mess with him." If God has called you to something, there will be obstacles. If God has called you to anything, whether it's leadership, to create something new, to start something, to do anything out of the norm, there will be obstacles. There will be naysayers. There will be people who will critique you. There will be people who will get upset or get angry or whatever. You know, and you're, you're, you should be okay with that. People get upset at me. People don't like some of the decisions I make. I get it. I'm not arrogant to say, well, you're not in this seat. No, I'll listen to you. I will weigh the feedback based on the relationship. Do we have a relationship? Sure. Or not? Okay, I'll hear you. If we don't, I'll hear you. But I'm probably not going to give it as much stock as I would those who are in the thick of it with me. That'll be different. You're going to get pushback. You're going to get people that don't like you. You're going to get people that quit or leave or get mad or ghost you or cancel you or you know, run you down behind your back or whatever. I've had people through the years in ministry run me down that I'm this, that, or the other. I've had, I've seen it where they go get in ministry and they find out not as easy as you thought it was. Hmm. When, when you get off the stage, that's when the work begins. Anyone can stand on a stage. I don't even stand on a stage anymore. I stand on the floor. Take that. Five foot eight guy standing on the floor. Nobody can see me. But hey, I like it better than being. I don't want to be up on a stage. Ain't no need for that. I want to be down there. I want to be having those conversations with people. I want to, we want to connect. I want I want to I want to converse and teach and quip. And I want you to in turn make an investment into me if you're willing. If you're willing. But man, I'm gonna tell you, there will always be those people, and you're gonna have to be okay with that. It's hard though, like for me as a dad, it's hard though when I see that people, do, you know, doing that stuff to my kids. My daughter came home last night working at this crappy fast food place, and the people just dogging her about her faith, about being a Christian. I mean, immediately got in the car and she's like, "Man, Jesus said, 
they will hate you because of me. And it, this is day two working at this place. You know how hard it is for old dad not to go in there and order some of your crappy food and say, I hear you got a problem with Christians. I can't, I can't do that. Not yet. It may happen. Because these aren't just, these weren't just students. These were grownups. They were grown like managers, whatever you want to call these losers. They were, whatever they were, they were, that's what they were doing. And they're dogging her about her faith. That, that's what, that's how you want to get to know somebody. That, that's the world we live in. There will be hostility. Sometimes there'll be people who make your drive through food. Sometimes there'll be people who sit at your Thanksgiving table. Sometimes there'll be people that live to your left and your right in your neighborhood. Sometimes there'll be people that sit in row three uh, in your church. I've had people dog me who I have tried and tried and tried and tried with in churches. I've had people dog me, and I went above and beyond to do their family's funeral, their weird weddings, their all the strange conversations over all the dysfunction in their life. And then they'll say, you didn't give enough, and they leave. And you go, well, I tried. At the end of the day, you do the best you can with what you got. That's, that's all you can do. Moses had a very unique and special relationship with the Lord. He's not the only leader ever to be challenged by that, but he is the only leader to have a relationship with God like that. It's pretty incredible. We can learn quite a bit from him. Unfortunately, we can learn quite a bit from Miriam and Aaron as well. We need to guard our tongue. We need to guard our steps. We need to guard our heart when it comes to how we deal with that. They can, they, you can confront those people in the appropriate manner, but just to run them down and try to stir up the camp. Yeah, God, God hears that. He's got a problem with that. So that's something we should consider. Man, I appreciate you guys listening to this. Appreciate you guys subscribing, sharing the show, and your feedback. Once again, if there's something that you want to see talked about on one of these episodes, um, especially in the quiet life, that's one that's got a little more open, you know. But uh, whatever, shoot me an email, pursuemanliness at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Love to know, hey, this is something that I'm wrestling through. I, I, I can't guarantee that I can answer it or even work through it but uh perhaps it's a conversation we need to have so thanks for listening let's keep pursuing biblical manliness